This is the Birth Village Podcast. Welcome back to the Birth Village Podcast. I am Morgan Brower, and today we are meeting Janae Sherman. So Janae was on a few weeks ago talking about newborn procedures, but we're just going to get to know her today, talk a little bit about her background in midwifery and some of her experiences, and just honestly just get to know her. I'm really excited to have you guys get to know her because she's one of my favorite people ever. So Janae Thanks again for coming back. I'm excited to chat with you today. Sure thing. It's going to be fun. (laughs) So we talked a little bit before about how you got started in midwifery and stuff like that. But for anybody who didn't listen, let's just start over. Okay. So I'm probably one of the few, like for my generation, that knew what midwives were growing up. (laughs) Because I have like a great great grandmother that was a midwife back when Utah was being settled Mm -hmm. so my mom would tell me stories about her and there's been like books written with her in them and so whoa um like I just knew oh midwives deliver babies at home you know and yeah so fast forward to when I was being born I came too fast to get to the hospital (laughs) with my mom so she woke up thought she wet the bed classic um, Are you the oldest? That. No, I'm the youngest. Okay. Subsequently, I am the youngest <laughs> okay. because of this. Yeah. Um, thought she wet the bed, got up to go to the bathroom and change, realized she was having contractions, was like, okay, we got to go. My dad was like frantically trying to call his brother to come <laughs> watch my brothers. And she's like, just kidding. Call 911. The baby's coming. And he's like, what's the number? You know, kind of freaking out. (laughs) And, uh, they got there in time to literally catch me, like walk in the door and here's your baby. Whoa. Yeah. So, um, my brother's births were medicated and hospital planned, all of that. And just my mom growing up would tell me this, how she felt so different with my delivery and recovery and how I reacted and responded as a newborn Mm -hmm. versus my brothers who were medicated and they had some, my the brother just older than me had some like uh, complications at birth where he needed like respiratory and okay assistance just because they kind of over medicated my mom because oh, she's man. really sensitive to that. And so I just growing up was always like, well, I'll just have my babies at home. Sure. Like that like going to the hospital wasn't really in my plan. You like pre decided that when you were young. Yeah. It was <laughs> <laughs> just what I was going to do. Okay. Um, which wasn't weird to me. I mean, a lot of people are like, they have to think about it and yeah, mull it over and figure out what they feel is okay for them. But yeah. to me, I was just like, yeah, okay. Like, what's the big deal? Doing? <laughs> yeah. So that was never weird to me. I just didn't know how to find a midwife. Yeah. So um, I have always been interested in medical stuff. Like I... When, you know, paramedics are flying by, I'd be like, that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to yeah. be a paramedic. Um, and so I kind of started school with that in mind. Like I did the EMT course and all the like CNA class stuff and medical terminology. I did stuff in high school. Wow. Which is where I met the girl, their midwife that delivered my babies. So she came in and spoke at a high school class huh. about midwifery. And I can't remember like why... They chose her, but 
it was a medical, um, a, like medical occupations class. So we got to like go around and tour different, like we went to an eye place and podiatrist. Whoa, that's and cool. Just different offices. In and high school? Yeah. And nice. so you got to see like, here's what you do. Anyway, so she came in and spoke as one of the guest speakers. And so I was like, oh, cool. She can deliver my babies. <laughs> and Mental note. <laughs> yeah. Like never thinking, oh, I'll be a midwife. Because at the time I was still like, I'm going to be an EMT. Right. Or a paramedic. And so. And when you're in high school, you know. I know. <laughs> definitely know what we're doing <laughs> when we're 17. <laughs> so um, I moved forward with my college stuff and, you know, did the whole get married and did some fun stuff before I really got going in school. Um, but then as I was doing this pre paramedic stuff, I just kind of one day had it hit me in the hallway of my house. Like you need to be a midwife. And it was just, yeah, like very much like a God thing. I'm like fully a hundred percent with that. Yeah. Um, Had you had your, any of your babies yet? No, I had not had babies yet. Okay. I was still just young and, um, so I was like, okay, how do you do that? Yeah. And it, it, this was before the time of Google. Right. Like it was not. Like, do I find huh? a book in the library? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I was like, well, I'm pulling out the phone book because that's what we still yeah. used. And I'm looking at midwives and I called um, the midwife that trained me, who Elizabeth Smith trained me, uh-huh. called her, had the conversation of, so this is what I'm doing right now, but I kind of feel like I should be a midwife. How do you do that? And true form, she always tries to talk people out of it because it's not your classic nine to five, Monday through Friday, weekends and holidays off kind of a job. Yeah, true. And she was like, well, people are either going to love you or hate you. Mm. And if you can't handle that, you can't handle midwifery. I was like, okay. (laughs) And? Big deal. I'm ready. So, (laughs) So she was like, take as many classes that you can at the college and have a baby I was like okay so I did the (laughs) classes (laughs) wasn't really planning on have a baby yet so I'm like okay I'll work on the school stuff first yeah um but then you know I did that and when I um got pregnant called her and so I went through my pregnancy with her had my baby at home super awesome experience just I'm one of the lucky who has a really fast deliveries. So it was like okay. three hours from oh, contraction one to baby out. So, um, and she, it was really interesting because I was 12 days late with my first, which is normal, but, um, she was definitely full term, like eight pounds, one ounce <laughs> covered though in really thick vernix, which is usually a sign of an early baby. Yeah. And her breathing was kind of like a, newborn that wasn't super stoked about breathing air okay (laughs) she was really grunty and stuff so Liz like took over and was like okay here's what we need to do with this baby and we got her coming around and everything was great so um fast forward a year she because Liz had an apprentice at the time okay fast forward one year um she called me and said okay she's done you want to start and I was like um (laughs) okay what do I do you know super what does that mean during the headlights yeah. yeah so um, I just started going to prenatal care visits with her and her assistant was kind of phasing out of the moms that she'd seen through pregnancy. And so sometimes oh. there'd be two of us at a birth, like two assistants. And mm-hmm. so I kind of got to shadow her and see how things went. Um, and then just kind of worked my way into being the main one as the other midwife phased yeah. out. 
So that's kind of how I got my start. Um, Utah is an interesting, we kind of have an interesting um, way of becoming a midwife that's legal. So all midwives are legal in Utah. Um, And it wasn't always, licensing wasn't always an option. Hmm. That's been new. Um, If I remember right, it was maybe 2003 that that became. Really? I'll have to look back. Yeah. I should have looked that up before I came. And so before it was anybody could call themselves a midwife? And yeah. Then yep. be a midwife. So Whoa. there's different titles of midwives that some people may not realize. So you have a direct entry midwife who is, um, that's really like a traditional midwife of how midwifery has been throughout millennia. Okay. Where we just work as an apprentice and learn the trade and the art of midwifery. And you learn from the granny midwives and learn their wisdom and all their tricks and their herbal stuff and, you know, all that. And then you become the next generation of midwives. So that's what we call a direct entry midwife. Um, The next um, midwifery title would be a CPM, Certified Professional Midwife. Okay. And this is, um, the way you get this certification is there's an organization called NARM. It's North American Registry of Midwives, and they have certain requirements that you have to do. So a um, certain number of prenatal visits or births attended and postpartum visits huh. and newborn exams and skills you have to know how to do. And so they have this whole program set up that you fill out all the paperwork and have somebody sign off um, on your ability to do the skills correctly. Yeah. Yeah. And then you take a test with them. And if you pass that, then you get your CPM title. Okay. And then most states. Is that new then too, as of 2003 or no, whatever? Okay. No, that's been around for a while. Okay. Um, but most states that have licensure require that test to be done to certify. Okay. To te- to license, I guess. So Utah, when they became, when you, licensing became an option in Utah, that's what they Adopted in as okay. like proof that you have skill set to be a certified midwife and licensed with the state. So, and then, so that would be your, what would be called a licensed direct entry midwife. So mm-hmm. you can be two things. You could be an LDEM mm-hmm. and a CPM. Okay. Or you could just be a CPM and not licensed with the state. Hmm. So kind of a lot of options. And then you have your certified nurse midwives or CNMs. Majority of the CNMs in Utah work in hospitals. Yeah. Um, there are some that still just practice outside of hospital care because they don't want to have to deal with their policies and procedures and they want to do birth the way they do it. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you have a midwife in a hospital setting, you have a certified nurse midwife. Okay. And those go through nursing school and they get their RN and then they master in midwifery. Hmm. So it's kind of that they have more of a medical side of things training yeah. than okay. the traditional apprenticeship kind of thing so those are the different kinds of midwives and what are you so i'm a licensed direct entry midwife and a cpm okay um and so that's how i practice that's pretty cool so with your training with liz how long did that take you and so i did 100 births with her and then that and then i kind of just was her assistant for a while after that um as you kind of wean yourself away from that safety net and start taking your own clients. Mm-hmm. Um, I worked with her for about five years. Okay. Doing births. And so 
it was fun. And then I just kind of gradually started taking my own clients on. And then um, Trisha actually was getting her doula certification and needed to have births for that. Uh-huh. And so she called me and I was like, yeah, you can come do births. So I kind of, that's how I kind of like broke off fully and cool gained my wings, I guess. Yeah. Cause <laughs> then you had somebody else there to back you up and mm-hmm. yeah. help you out. Yep. That's really cool. Do you, I mean, how in love with it are you? Do you feel like it's what you're meant to do? If it's not what you're meant to do, you can't live. Like you can't survive midwifery if it's not what you're meant to do. Fair enough. <laughs> it's not, intense. It is. And it's it's super amazing just to be surrounded by like women who want to reclaim their power and like yeah. what they're divinely created for. And they, you know, like that's what their bodies are made to do. Yeah. And so um, it's super just fulfilling to be able to like see them come into that, especially mm-hmm. after they have their babies. Like that's probably my favorite part about midwifery is seeing the women kind of have the realization like I just did that. I'm so cool. Uh huh. Like <laughs> I can I just had a baby. Yeah. I'm like my own body just did it yeah. without help, you know? I love when I see that in videos like on Instagram or whatever and the mom will always be like, I did it. Yeah. It's yeah. So fun. I know. <laughs> just that awareness of like, oh yeah. And it just changes women. Like they become different people yeah. once that happens and they have that realization of like yeah, I can do this. Yeah. It makes you feel like you can do anything. Totally. And you need that. Like going into motherhood, it's like a total transformation from just being your own person to being a mother. Yeah. And you need it because being a mom is hard. Yeah. You have hard days and it's like, nope, I can do this. Yeah. I can do this. So that's probably my favorite thing about being a midwife. Yeah. Yeah. So you spoke on the intensity of it how does your family deal with that and handle it? I mean it's been <laughs> your norm yep since basically the beginning yep. but so um my oldest was one when I started and then I had two other babies while I was training yeah and so thankfully I had really great friends and family in town that I could like work out schedule for prenatal days like hey can my daughter come and hang out with you because trying to finagle a two-year-old no. doesn't work <laughs> when you're in an office sitting you know yeah so I was able to work out like prenatal day babysitting and then um like I had some sister-in-laws that were in town that I could just like drop the kids if I had to go to a birth nice and then Troy was super good about just being like okay see ya, I'll take care of it you know like yeah yeah, if you're a midwife's husband, you're like a special breed as well <laughs> to not get bugged by it, by the schedule we carry. Because sometimes you're gone all day, you yeah. know, middle of the night or anyway. So, um, yeah, it was tricky. And then when you have newborns, you just take them with you mm-hmm. and you just nurse them and they sleep and you put them in the closet and sure. And then they wake up and you hold your baby while you're doing stuff. So it was, <laughs> it was tricky, but it worked out. And cool. my kids just don't really know anything different. Like, oh, she's going to birth, you know? Yeah. So that's just, just been their life. They don't, they don't know different, but you do have to like, cause I have a lot of people that call me and they're like, how do you become a midwife? Uh huh. And I always tell them like, become a doula first yeah. because that kind of gives you a little bit of a taste yeah. of like what on-call work is really like. Yeah. Because you are that woman's care provider and you will miss birthday parties and you will miss Thanksgiving dinners and you will have to like not go on vacation spontaneously, you know, like, Oh, there's a group of us going camping. Let's go. 
oh, sorry, I have a mom that's due. Yeah. I can't go. You know, I have to be in service. And most camping places, even like going to Zion yeah. Park, like it's, there's no service there. Yeah. Even though it's close. So and it's just like, you need to be available just in case. Right. Yeah. Not even two if weeks. something's going on. Right. But two weeks before and after a due date, you're available. Right. So it's definitely not a lifestyle for everybody. Sure. And so there's definite like fulfillment and joy and like stuff that makes it worth it. But not everybody's lifestyle and personality is like, yeah, I can give up all that for this, you know. Mm-hmm. But if you're so, passionate about it. Yeah. Yeah. It's good. It works. Yeah. It works with my life. I'm I'm able to plan out far enough in advance. Like I'm going to go on mm-hmm. vacation nine months from now. <laughs> so if you're pregnant, I'll be gone this week. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, so it's just, it's just a matter of planning. But again, it is like, you know, you're going to have days where you're up and you don't sleep and the next day you have work. And so you suffer through it. <laughs> just make it work. Yeah. Go to bed really early the next night. Take yeah. some naps if you're a nap person. But Okay. Yeah. I have a question. This isn't really about you necessarily, but we talked about different types of midwives. Um, do they have different abilities to handle different types of situations based off of if they're a, what are they? LD? LDEM. Yeah. Licensed midwife. Most people just call them licensed. Yes. Okay. So um, as far as like training goes, pretty much everybody has the same training and we can talk okay. about that, but like skills that we know how to do. Um, but scope of practice, like uh-huh. what are, what the law allows us to do is different. Yeah. So, um, for example, one of kind of the main, a few of the main differences. So licensed midwives in Utah have the ability to give IVs. We can, um, give injections of like Rogam, vitamin K to babies. We can give antibiotics and labor for group B strep if moms want. Hmm. Um, Pitocin. Pitocin postpartum. Mm -hmm. Um, So there's certain medications we can give that direct entry or unlicensed midwives cannot. Okay. But um, we can't deliver twins or breaches, whereas they can. So there are different, it's just like a scope of practice. Here's your guidelines. And as long as you practice within these guidelines, everything's great. It's when Uh you step out of those on either side that things can get tricky. Yeah. and there's been, you know, like if a mom, obviously twins are pretty much nowadays with everybody getting ultrasounds, they're easy to see. Yeah. Um, breaches can be tricky though. Like I've had a f- couple of surprise breaches that just showed up and moms at home birth don't always want to be checked. You know, they're like, yeah. I don't want it yet. I'm like, okay. Um, baby sounds good and labor's going great. So we'll just let you go. And then they start pushing and you're like, oh, the baby's coming and there's not time to transfer. So here's your breach baby, you know? Yeah. Um, and <laughs> gratefully majority of the breaches as like, if you know how to deliver a breach, they just come out and yeah. sometimes they're a little slow to kind of come around, but, um, crazy. Yeah. So, you know, if I know a baby's breach, we do everything we can to try to turn them. And if we can't, then they have to transfer into a hospital. Mm-hmm. Um, same with twins. If you have twins then it's like, Oh, sorry. You can yeah. find a different option if you don't want a hospital delivery you mm-hmm. know there's other midwives in the state and birth centers um that will deliver twins because mm-hmm. they're not licensed but different scope of practice yeah yeah do you see a lot of transfers no we actually don't our transfer rate averaging on the year it 
it's different, but it's probably an average of 5%. Okay. And most of those transfers would be like first time moms with really long labors that they just exhausted. And so they just need something, you know, um, where labor isn't going great. So most of our transfers are not emergent or like we can see the signs like this baby's not super happy yet. And so let's get them to a hospital because they're probably not going to be really happy. Yeah. And we don't want it to be like we're bringing in a baby that's just crashing, you know? Yeah. So, well, I think that that's something that people hesitate with in hiring a midwife. Would you say so? That's like fear of transfer. Um, it's just the fear of what if. Sure. Right. Yeah. Like, well, what if this happens? Yeah. Um, a lot of those things that, cause then I'll ask him, I'm like, well, what do you feel like is a risk or a complication? You know, uh-huh. and they'll bring some stuff up and I'm like, well, like cord around the neck. That's not really a complication. Mm-hmm. Um, one in three babies have that. Mm-hmm. We know how to deal with that. Um, or like, well, how do you know if a baby's doing okay? And um, so like we have heart rate monitors and we monitor babies in labor and all of those things. Um, we know what to watch for. Same thing that they do in hospitals. Like we know what to watch for to see that a baby's doing great or not doing great. Yeah. Um, so a lot of the complications can also be caused by interventions. So your yeah. risk of certain complications is dramatically decreased at a home birth because we're not adding those into birth. Yeah. So definitely makes your transfer rate go way lower. Okay. Yeah. So what makes you different from the other midwives that are in town? I think it's just like a personality thing. Okay. Yeah. Um, so two of us are licensed direct entry midwives. And then one is a certified nurse midwife mm-hmm. who just does home birth and birth center births. So there's a little bit of different education there. Um, I've, I'm kind of like the newbie. Really? Right? <laughs> um, even though I've been doing it for like, oh, let's see, 20, almost 21 years now. Yeah. Um, but of the ones in St. George area, like I'm the newest, mm-hmm. um, we've had midwives move in and out that have are, you know, newer than I am, but currently right now. Yeah. Um, but really I think it's just how our personalities and what, like how we practice, you know, like every, just like everything, everybody has a specific just thing about them that, Oh, this is kind of how I feel like I'm in a practice. And yeah. So that's why I tell people, I interview all the midwives before you pick one. Mm-hmm. Not like none of us is like the one to pick. It's yeah. just, you got to find your midwife that's right for you. Yeah. So I always tell consultations, like interview all of them up front, do the work up front just to make it easier. Yeah. Just to find the one that's your midwife. Yeah. The one that fits right or Mm -hmm. cool. Yeah. Do you have any moments from your career as a midwife that stand out as being extra impressionable or anything like that? Kind of springing that one on you. (laughs) Um... It's always like the first time you catch a baby when you're training is always pretty amazing because you're like, I just caught a baby. <laughs> yeah. So you'll always remember your first catch, you know, cool. um, and just like when it works out, I think. Um, and then you'll also always remember the ones that are super stressful. Like, yeah, this could go south really fast and we need to get this baby out right now. Yeah. You know, um, or a mom that's bleeding really heavy. You just you will always remember those because they kind of make you gun shy a little bit. Sure. For the next few births. And you're just like, okay, this isn't that birth. (laughs) 
but thankfully like we're trained and we know how to like handle those situations, you know? Yeah. Like all the midwives and all the nurses take the same neonatal resuscitation class. We carry equipment, like we know how to do those kinds of things. So, um, it's not like we're sitting in the corner and crocheting and being like, good job (laughs) over there. Good job. Um, but so yeah, we like when you hire a midwife, you're hiring somebody because we know how to deal with complications. Yeah. It's not just like, we're going to rub your back and tell you good job. Yeah. The whole time. Um, so like you're paying for our knowledge of like, you know how to deal with this kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Obviously, just like with everything in medicine, you have higher levels of care, you know, like sometimes babies have to transfer in yeah. because they need a higher level of care. Just like sometimes babies can't stay in the hospital and have to go to primaries because they need higher level of care. Mm-hmm. So it's always just about getting babies the care they need if yeah. necessary when it comes to like transfers and things like that. Mm-hmm. So putting your pride aside to yep. keep everybody safe. Yep. Uh, what You told me what your favorite part of it is, is just watching moms come into their power. Mm-hmm. Would you say that's what keeps you in midwifery? Or what's your favorite part? What keeps you doing this crazy lifestyle and everything like that? I think it's just because it's who I am. Yeah? <laughs> yeah. Because, um, I it's mean, like honestly. It's in your bones. It's in yeah, your blood for it sure. Is. <laughs> it is. I think it's just like when you find that thing that you know you're supposed to do. Yeah. And you love it. It's it's not work, you know? Yeah. Um, it's just like that's how you contribute to the world. Um. There's always moments, like especially after births, that are really stressful and scary that you're just like, can I do that again? Sure. Um, And that's just the reality of birth. Yeah. Because you're dealing with life. And so like when things get kind of like, oh, after the fact, you kind of have to like talk to their midwives and like decompress and be like, can I keep doing this? Mm -hmm. Like, because what if? Yeah. There's always the what ifs in life. Um, But thankfully, like. I know what to do. Yeah. I can do this. And so, but I honestly think it's just that that's like what I'm supposed to do. Yeah. So, I mean, like you get to meet amazing women and like just make tons of friends and just be part of a moment in their life that is only right then. It's like Mm -hmm. a once in a lifetime thing for every baby. Mm -hmm. And just, there's nothing like it. That feeling of just watching life come into their family and it's just awesome. Yeah. Wow. I love that. This podcast is supported by Funkit Wellness. Funkit is a woman-owned menstrual health company that strives to provide education on women's health issues. Menstrual education is essential to understanding your body and how to communicate with it. They believe in using food as medicine, which I personally love. Our bodies are more efficient at processing nutrients from real food, which is why seed cycling is so effective at supporting a healthy hormone cycle. If you're experiencing mood swings, cramps, hormonal acne, irregular periods, or even if you have hormones, hint, that's you, you could benefit from seed cycling. And Funkit Wellness has amazing quality and makes taking food-based vitamins very easy and straightforward. But not only that, they have tons of free information, recipes to incorporate seeds into your diet, and resources to start becoming an expert on your own cycle. Use the code BIRTHVILLAGE for 20% off your order. And for a limited time, you can get a free hard copy cycle journal with your order. That's Funk at Wellness and use code BIRTHVILLAGE for 20% off. Let's get to know you a little bit more. Uh, Personally, 
do you do you have time for hobbies? (laughs) (laughs) Sometimes once a year, right? (laughs) (laughs) If you plan it nine months in advance. Yep. If I'm not at a birth, I have hobbies. Um yeah, so I grew up in a family that loved being outside. Like we, I grew up in Orem up north in Utah. And so we would actually come to like Zion Park and Arches and we'd come camping and hiking and mountain biking and uh-huh. all those things. So I grew up outside um, just doing all the outdoor things. Like I can cook outside, I can set up tents, Fun. like dig in the dirt. None of that bothers me. I love it. Yeah. Um, I, when I moved to St. George in high school, I met some friends that were into rock climbing. And so I got into that. Um, Mm. now my kids climb. It's super fun. Mm. Um, I like baking. Like I'm a total sweet tooth. So yeah, like you need some cookies made. Just call me. (laughs) Deal. (laughs) Um, I just love food, I guess is really what it is. I like good food. And so I'm like, I'll just make it because that's better. Yeah. Um, I used to read real books and now I just listen to them. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, you know, when I cook and clean and drive, mm-hmm. I do that. But, and then I have three awesome girls that are so fun. Yeah. So just watching them being their mom is super awesome. Cool. Yeah. Fun. That's good. Yeah. And, um, I guess another thing we love to travel. So my husband worked for SkyWest Airlines. And so, um, like since my oldest was one, basically, yeah. About the whole time I've been doing it free. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we just travel. We love to travel. The world is huge and there's too many places. Like I can't even <laughs> put a list on there because there's so many places we love to go. But yeah, um, we just kind of felt like travel and exploring the world is like part of our kids' education. Mm-hmm. And so like, you know, we didn't have the nicest house or the newest furniture or anything because we wanted to spend our money on travel. Mm-hmm. So, um, we've taken them out of the country and gone to some really cool places. So that's another thing that we really like is like, where are we going next? So mm-hmm. that's why I plan my vacations a year in advance and take like a whole week off or something. Cause we're like leaving the country. We're going somewhere. Yeah. That's so. perfect though. Yeah. Yeah. So we really love to be just somewhere totally foreign. Mm. Where have you gone recently? Our last trip we took was in Germany. Um, we've done India and Thailand and Malaysia and Costa Rica. Um, we've traveled like around the States. We have family here and like Hawaii and things like that. But yeah, anywhere that requires a passport, we're at. That sounds like a good time. Yeah. Yeah. So (laughs) it's always like, where are we going next? Yeah. Where are you going next? Um, we have a Portugal trip, like itinerary planned out. Mm -hmm. Um, we do want to go to Vietnam. I have some Philippine destinations I'd love to go to. Scotland is really high on the list because that's where my grandpa's from. Cool. So love me some bagpipes. Yeah, girl. (laughs) I go see it in real life, right? (laughs) Yes. Cool. What else should we know about you? Um, Like I said, I'm the youngest in my family. I'm the only girl also in my family. So I have two older brothers. Um who liked to beat up on me as a kid. So of course, as brothers, if do. you want to fight, I can fight you. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> well, no. Um, <laughs> yeah. So I've told the brothers and that made life super interesting. Uh-huh. You know how brothers can be when you're the For youngest. Sure. They always said I was the most spoiled, but really I was just the best behaved. Mm, that's Cause I goes. learned from them mm-hmm. like what not to do. 
Um, so yeah. You're like, I'm not the most spoiled. I'm the smartest. Yes. (laughs) Yes. Does any part of you ever miss like, um, not doing paramedics and stuff like that? Like you're in the medical field, but do you ever? No. Yeah. Okay. No. Um, not really. I, I don't know. I never like worked as a paramedic. I was just doing the classes and like, you know, you go on calls and stuff as a paramedic. I had a friend that was, um, a paramedic and he was like, well, you could just come. I was doing, you have to do a ton of blood pressures. And he was like, just come to the station and do a bunch while you're in your classes. And I was like, okay. And they got a call and he was like, you want to go? I'm like, yeah. Heck yeah. (laughs) So I went on a call and and it was fine, you know, Mm -hmm. but I'm like, hmm. Okay. Yeah. All right. It was just like, okay. Yeah. It wasn't my thing. Sure. And not that it's like, I can't deal with that. Like I can't right. deal with the blood and cause I deal with blood all the time, but uh-huh. it just wasn't what I was supposed to do. And that's fine. Okay. But yeah. So still give major kudos to them cause we use them sometimes and it's really great to have them available and willing. Yeah. Um, that's one good thing about St. George is for the most part, we have like good people to transfer to like mm-hmm. a good working relationship with our hospital staff here and some trust built up with each other and stuff. Cool. Would you share a story with us? Just uh, something that's happened in your career that has been impactful for you? Yeah. Um, one that always comes to mind, this kind of goes along with like why I love being midwife, but was when I was training and we had a mom transfer into us, um, like midway through her pregnancy, she was seeing a hospital, she was seeing an OB and decided she wanted to do home birth. And she knew my midwife that I was training with. And mm-hmm. so she came into care and she had struggled with like depression, anxiety and low oh. self-worth and kind of a bunch of those kinds of things as a lot of women do. Yeah. And it was like you watched her change before your eyes and labor. Mm. It was just super amazing to see her like realize what she was doing while she was doing it. Because her birth wasn't like, it wasn't anything like out of the ordinary, but for her, it was life changing. Yeah. And she came back to us after that baby was born, like at a postpartum visit and just cried to us about how she was like, this changed my whole life. Yeah. Like I'm a different person now and I realize like what I can do and like the depression feelings are like not there and I have just she's kind of coming to herself realizing yeah. who she is you know and like you watch them change like that it was just that's probably one of the best moments that I've just been like that's what it's about mm-hmm. you know that's what birth is about yeah because I think we just kind of forget like who mm-hmm. we are and we don't trust that we can do things hard mm-hmm. or things that hurt mm-hmm. um, and it's not until you make the choice to do it and like dedicate it like this is what I'm going to do you know um that you really feel that transformation happen and so that was like probably one of my favorite things is just watching her and her life is different now like she's a different woman it's Mm. really cool yeah she went on to have another baby with us and just it was really just different like she knew it she had the confidence you know she's just like this birth is great so that was probably one of the most memorable just watching her become different. 
And do you, would you say that that happens a lot where you, yeah, not majority of women are just changing. Yeah. I think a lot of it, especially now where there's so much information that's easily accessible Mm -hmm. is it's happening during prenatal care, like before the birth comes because they gain this confidence of like, I can do this. Uh Like they come into care, like, well, I just, you know, I really want this. And you can see that they're a little timid and maybe, um, unsure for sure, because it's the unknown. Yeah. Um, but, and so like they take these classes and they read the books and they, you know, do all the little, just this education, like sponge. And you just watch them go from like, I don't know, I just, Mm -hmm. I kind of want this to like, I'm, I'm ready for this. Like they just, and you watch it happen. And then in birth, like they just like, they own it. Yeah. And they tell themselves, like, I can do this. Even when it's hard and they don't think they can, you know, they'll be like, I can't do this anymore. And then, like, I can do this. I can do this. And so <laughs> it's really cool to kind of just watch that. What What does that feel like for you to be a part of that process, to watch? It's that? just kind of like a champion. Like, you're on uh-huh. the sidelines. Like, you know, like, I'm not a marathon runner. <laughs> not. Will never be. <laughs> I'm not Trisha. It's not for me either. <laughs> <It's> not. <laughs> But I am so, I, I love watching people accomplish those kinds of hard feats, like mm-hmm. Ironman and people that like scale mountains and yeah. just do things that you're like, that's rough. Yeah. Like, you know the work they have to put into that. Yeah. And so I'm like, I will be your champion every day, you know, <laughs> um, just to like be someone that they know they can trust and like, I'm going to be here for you. Mm-hmm. I'm here to keep you safe. Mm-hmm. Number one, mm-hmm. always keep them safe. Yeah. But like, I'm here to help you get through when you think you can't, mm-hmm. but you know, you can deep down. Yeah. You know, and to like remind them of that, like, nope, you got this. Yeah. You are doing it. Like, I can't do this anymore. Nope. But you are doing it though. Yeah. Like you're in the middle of doing it. So just keep <laughs> going. So you, yeah, that is, you have a special energy about you that, that is that. That is like, there's something that you, some kind of confidence that you bring, at least for my personal experience, when your, your presence brings a lot of confidence. And so I think that's something really cool. Now I didn't have any of the other midwives, so I can't speak to them too, (laughs) but I think that I really like that about you. I think it's, it's cool to be around you and to watch, um, you provide people with that power. Oh, thanks. Yeah, of course. (laughs) I only hope that I just make everyone feel that way. I I think that you do anyway. Um, is there is there anything else that you'd like us to know about you or want to say to our listeners? Um, I don't know. I just think you know if like becoming a mother is probably the coolest thing that I've ever done. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. especially like I know in society today, it's super like put on the back burner kind of thing. Like, yeah, eh, I'll get around to it one day. Mm-hmm. You know. Um, but the whole journey of like becoming a mother is just like changes your life, you know, even if you're not ready for it. Mm -hmm. Um, and so to like, to be able to be a part of that process for moms is just really cool. Mm -hmm. And it's like, not even just the first time moms, like every time you become a mother again, because every baby's different. Yeah. And like you gain this wisdom and then you're like able to apply that to your next baby and that baby's going to come out totally different. And you're going to be like, oh, well, 
mm-hmm. that doesn't work for this baby. So what now, you know? Yeah. But I just think that being part of a community of just watching women become mothers and like move into that space of life mm-hmm. is super just transformational for me too. Cause it reminds mm. me like, Oh yeah. Like on the hard days, you know, yeah. your mom and it's a hard day. I'm just like, Oh yeah, this is, this is it. This is what's important. Yeah. In life, you know, like, almost like reliving that over yeah. and over and over again. Yeah. Yep. It's fun. I love it. Cool. <laughs> well, I'm sure that our listeners have enjoyed getting to know you and I'm sure that we will hear from you again with some other informational episodes coming us in the future but thank you for being with me today and spending this time with me it's been a lot of fun thanks morgan yeah of course will you tell us how people can get in contact with you yeah so uh, my website is trusthomebirth.com we do need to do some upgrades but life gets in the way sometimes <laughs> yeah, so it does um my email is janae.midwife at gmail.com and my name is j-a-n-a-e um, so I do free consultations if people want to come and just kind of meet me and ask any questions they have. Cool. That's definitely an option. Okay. Well, that's how you can get in contact with Janae. If you would like to get in contact with us at the Birth Village Podcast, you can reach us on Instagram. That is our name on Instagram. And it is also our email address, the Birth Village Podcast at gmail.com. If you would be willing to rate and review this podcast, that would be so awesome on whatever platform you're listening on. That will help us to grow our audience and um, continue to share our community with you. And if you are particularly enjoying any episode, make sure to take a screenshot and share it on your Instagram. Tag us in it so we can give you a shout out and let us know what you are enjoying about this podcast so we can keep catering our content to what our listeners like to hear. And if you have any questions or comments, anything you'd like us to cover, feel free to reach out with those things as well. We've got some fun things coming up, so make sure that you're following us on Instagram so that you don't miss any of those updates. And we are so, just once again, we're so grateful to everyone that's supporting us. We're grateful to the Southern Utah Birth Village for their support. And I'll leave you with this reminder, empowered women, empower women. Thanks for listening.